The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Hash for your eyes and ears. We're on Coindesk TV and the Coindesk Podcast Network. I'm Jen Sinassi. We got Will Foxley here today. We got Wendy Yo. Happy Monday, guys. It's another Media Monday. Let's go. Ooh, I like that. Media Monday. All right, we got some juicy stories for you. Today, I'm going to kick us off with WorldCoin. So Sam Altman's crypto project, WorldCoin, launched World Token and Mainnet. Today, developers now have access to WorldCoin software development kit so they can start creating apps that use the World ID. That's the project's identity protocol. The introduction of the token also means that the project is finalizing its migration to optimism. And on all of this news, the token has spiked 20% on some major exchanges. Will, I'm going to kick it off to you. We've been following the WorldCoin story for what feels like a really long time now. We have a launch on mainnet. We have a token. What are you thinking this morning? I'm thinking I'm rich because I bought a bunch of WorldCoin token. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't purchase any of it. No financial advice on the hash. And I don't think, I don't know. I don't know why this is actually pumping right now. I guess just because of the news, a headline, we see token go up when there's a headline. This project has been out for a while. But they haven't launched the token yet. So that's probably why all this is going on. 20% isn't as big a bump I thought it would go up, I suppose. Wendy would have more insights into this a little bit. Oh, um, give me I'm a actually- weird face there. Um, no, because I was looking at crypto bubbles. Um, I absolutely love them. You guys should check it out. I'm not sponsored or affiliated with them anyway. I just think it's a really dope free product. But I'm looking at it. I, don't e- I just see the market looks like absolute trash this morning. And <laughs> I'm trying to see what's going on with Bitcoin. I didn't get a chance to check on any trades or anything. But again, like a 20% pump is a bear market pump to me. It's not too terribly exciting. It's fun for people that are actively trading. But yeah, Bitcoin's dumping and we just broke below um, 29.3 support, which was important. So that mm. makes sense why the market's gross. But Will, can you tell me a little bit more about WorldCoin? Because as far as I know, it's like a very centralized project that's basically going to um, destroy humanity. What would you like to know, Wendy? Uh, so it is an interesting project, right? 
The idea is to pair WorldCoin with this AI project, or at least that's sort of the ambition here. So Sam Altman is also the uh, founder of OpenAI, and he's been working in the AI scene for quite some time. And the issue a lot of these AI founders see with AI is the fact that you have a hard time knowing who's human and who's a computer. And this project has the idea that if we are able to scan every single person that exists into the orb and control their data, well, then we'll have a better chance of understanding who's a human and who's not, because we'll have a central database with all their information inside this. And then there's an associated token. I don't actually quite get the token part of this. Maybe it's just for like the transacting side of things. Maybe it's to get people to sign up, but there's some sort of utility involved with it. But that's sort of the, the basis of it, right? So a lot of times we do see people talk about AI and crypto, and there's like absolutely zero correlation. And we saw a lot of those tokens pump earlier in this year when ChatGPT went off bigly. But now we actually have more of a clear case here where people are like, hey, we can actually use some tokenomics to understand who's a human and who's not in the world of AI. And that's what they're trying to do here with this ambition. Of course, it's getting pushed back very heavily by the crypto community, specifically the Bitcoin community, and also Vitalik Buterin, who is the co-founder of Ethereum, saying there's a lot of centralization concerns here. A lot of Bitcoiners look at this as a dystopian project that brings about a lot of the big brother concerns people have about CBDCs and the US government and introducing any sort of fiat government onto token rails. This is like a privatized version of it. And then there's like some Terminator stuff thrown in there. Throw it back to you, Wendy. Um, since when did the Bitcoin maxis actually care about privacy and self-sovereignty and powering the underdogs? Because it seems like they just care about buying Bitcoin, holding and then absolutely trashing anybody with the difference of opinion of them. So I don't know about that. I don't I don't I feel like if um, WorldCoin did something positive for Bitcoin, um, the maxis would be all on board and they would be right in that grift, just like the rest of us, man. Jen? All right. I want to add some more information here. So before the whole AI thing happened, WorldCoin existed, right? But they existed because they were talking about universal basic income. They were going to take this orb to every nook and cranny of the world. They were going to scan your retina and then you were going to get this token that you could use. And it was going to be able to solve this universal basic income challenge that they saw ahead of us. Then the whole AI conversation happened. Of course, Sam Waldman founded ChatGPT and now all of a sudden WorldCoin presents a solution for the AI challenges ahead of us. And then for Vitalik's blog this morning, I just skimmed it, Will, but I, I think that Vitalik was largely in support of WorldCoin and proof of personhood, but outlined these four challenges that we're going to talk about in the next part of the segment. So he said, you know, proof of personhood is needed as we move forward, as we continue to develop with AI, but there are privacy, accessibility concerns, security concerns. And there was one more, let me just see, and centralization concerns. And the most interesting centralization piece from this that Vitalik brought up was the fact that there are these like physical orbs, right? We can't go in and verify how the physical orbs are made. And what he's saying in his blog is the WorldCoin Foundation could potentially make up fake human identities if there's no way to verify how these devices are made. And so there's like a lot to discuss and unpack here. And I think there are a lot of challenges that we don't really even understand when we think about them, you know, the different, I guess, aspects and areas of them. And so it's just like a lot to wrap my head around this morning. I feel like we need a dedicated show just to discuss all the aspects of WorldCoin because it just seems so intense. Like, like on my show today, we're going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it today and I don't have enough time. I feel like I need to dedicate an entire show just to talk about how detrimental it is and how ridiculous it is. And like, I don't know. I just feel like it's all kind of ironic or I guess interesting timing because of the Fed Now program that just dropped and all of that drama, Jen. 
I don't know. I think it's detrimental and problematic, but this like proof of personhood thing is really interesting in a world of AI. I think that there is something there. So I see all of the challenges, but I also see the, the problems that they're trying to solve. I think that's important to say. Well, there's a few cool things that Vitalik does point out in here. And, and this, this proof of personhood idea has been tried many times in crypto and it's been tried on different levels in crypto. The first one was basically governance, right? So in some protocols early days, they had this idea of like carbon voting, where if you held a coin, then that probably meant you were a human and then you would be able to vote on behalf of a project using the representation of your token holdings as a vote. You didn't sign over your keys, but you did give a proof of your keys to be able to show that you were a human who's interacting with the protocol. The thing is, all these things are very gameable at the end of the day. And so they all start breaking down. And so people have tried this in many ways. And the Orb coin idea sort of takes on this the idea of, hey, let's use hardware and scan everyone into this database. And we'll use some sort of proof to be able to solve the data issue here that like if you get leaked or hacked or whatever, you don't lose everyone's data. But then you can actually prove that everyone's human. The problems that Vitalik raises are is that hardware is really tough, right? We've seen stuff with Ledger. We've seen stuff with others in the past where they've had issues. And that just happens, right? Like no company is perfect. No hardware company is perfect. It's very difficult to make these things. And so you have to put an enormous amount of trust, not only in the design that someone's not messing up by accident, but also in the designers that they're not messing up on purpose or someone's not doing something nefarious. And so that places a lot of trust in the WorldCoin Foundation's hands, and that could lead to some problems down the road. So I wholeheartedly agree with Vitalik on this subject here. I think it's something to take into consideration if you do choose to pursue getting scanned in the face with an orb. I think I said this last time we spoke about WorldCoin. But when things are made easier for people, they go out and do things without thinking. Like we scan our biometric data to surpass the line at the airport and no one thinks what's going to happen with this information I'm giving people. They just think like, I want to get to the front of the line. I want to get on my plane. I don't want to be inconvenienced in my life any further. And so I think that these challenges that we're talking about right now are super important. We have to talk about them. I care about them. I know you guys care about them and everyone else does. But I think as things are made easier, and maybe you get rewarded and incentivized to give out this very important data. People are going to do it. But I think we should say the token WorldCoin is not available in the US right now. And I believe that some Coindesk journalists tried to access the white paper this morning from a few different countries, Italy, the UK, Greece, and one more. And they were not able to because it was geofenced. We asked one of the core team members on First Mover this morning why that was. And they said it was just a, a technical glitch and it should be available for people soon. So we will see if that happens. Wendy, any, any final thoughts on this? You know what? I'm sorry. That's a very poor excuse. Everybody should have access to that literature. That's a whole purpose of decentralization, which WorldCoin is not. And you guys, we must resist this Resist stuff. the orb. Resist the orb. We need like a bumper sticker or like a Twitter hashtag or an X hashtag. We'll get to that story next though. On the, yeah. on the topic of the orb though, another one of Vitalik's points is, you know, how are we actually going to get this orb to so many different places to actually get people to scan their eyeballs and get them into the system? It's, I think that's, you know, another difficulty. How are we going to get these orbs to every different place on this earth? I don't know if we have an answer yet. You guys, today is the end of an era. Very, very sad day. Elon Musk rebrands Twitter to X, spurring spores of wannabe tokens. So as you guys know, crypto Twitter never fails to launch a token when it can be memed. We will launch tokens if it is an animal, if it is a food, if it is a Lord <laughs> a knows. A hamster. Yeah. I oh, mean, no. and again, not financial advice, but we launch tokens. Well, not me, but they do. 
But anyways, Twitter has successfully been rebranded to X. X.com takes you to Twitter.com. The domain is linked to Elon's 1999 financial services startup, which was sold to PayPal. Um, it was an early online bank. The letter X is used in some of Elon's other businesses, including SpaceX and some Tesla model cars. The new CEO, Twitter or X said, X is the future state of unlimited interactivity, which I don't know if that's a word or not, but apparently it is. Centered in audio, video messaging, payments, banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will connect us all in ways we're just beginning to imagine. Okay, so I got to say a couple things. As a creator, somebody who makes money on the internet by creating, I don't know how Elon Musk is going to be able to pull this off because as of right now, Twitter has a lot, a lot of problems. When we take a look at TikTok compared to YouTube, compared to Facebook, compared to all of these other socials, their algorithm works specifically for certain types of content like TikTok, the short form content, YouTube, the longer form content, Facebook, the whatever the heck they post there. I don't know. So they're going to have to... I don't know how their algorithm is going to work. It's going to be interesting to see how this progresses and happens. But I think it'll be good. And I hope to get that check from the monetization from X. So Elon, please, it's a bear market. And this mama's got to um, do some things. So Jen... <laughs> People on Facebook are per like moms, like older, like my mom, you know, participating in Facebook yeah. groups and stuff. I don't know. I'm not really on there anymore. But this <laughs> makes sense. If we, yeah, just a little tangent there. But Worldcoin's gonna, what happens if Worldcoin comes in, man, and they like have to use Worldcoin to like know. verify identity? Because I'm telling you. X is focused on the spam and DMs, but not the spam on mm -hmm. the actual feed. And for the one plus one equals seven there. But go ahead. Yeah. I don't know, Wendy. It's just all interconnected and crazy. <laughs> but this makes sense. If we think about what Elon said, I don't know if it was weeks or months ago, the days just kind of all blend together. You know, he's focused on creating a WeChat of the West, which is exactly what is being described here. Something where we can make payments, where we can talk to each other, where we can share audio, where we can share video, where we can share images. It is a grand dream. And I think there are a lot of hurdles ahead. But if there's one thing that Elon has shown us is that he has a vision and he will take the steps necessary to make that vision come to fruition. Will it work? I don't know. I mean, I think Twitter has a really unique culture. I think people use Twitter for, you know, a very specific thing. And this is really going to change Twitter's entire culture, entire state of being. And I'm not sure if people will stick around. What's interesting to me is that Elon is still making these announcements. We're still hearing these things, these advancements first from Elon and not Twitter's new CEO, Linda Yaccarino. She usually comes out afterwards and says like she supports it and will add color and add commentary about why she thinks it's great. But like we're not hearing it from her. And I just wonder why she's the new CEO. I would love to see her take take the helm, steer the ship a little bit. I think that Twitter has a new CEO to start changing some of the perception around Elon and some of his perceived erratic ideas that turn into massive changes like this on a whim. And we haven't seen that yet. So I just kind of wonder what the dynamics are there. Wendy, I think I saw your hand go up. Again, I think that the reason why Elon Musk is um, the one that's talking about it more is because he's got a massive ego. He's got a, you know, he's got a bigger reach than the current CEO. So it makes sense for him to kind of take the lead. It is his business. He does have to make sure that it is going to do well and thrive. And again, that is marketing. That is the power of marketing. You would want the person that has the most reach working at that particular company to be making the announcements or restating announcements to help drive traffic, to help bring awareness. And that's exactly what he's doing. 1010 marketing, in my opinion. Take it away, Will. You guys forgot the biggest thing. His kid's name is X something, something, something. Mm -hmm. So like he's really in on this whole all idea. All in on the X. He's all in on this. 
I think like the logo and stuff, a lot of people brought this up that it's a, a huge blunder because Twitter is now in the vocabulary of most people globally. In fact, like Googling, I Google something that's become a verb. Tweeting has become the same thing. So it's sort of odd that he's trying to do this. He did state when he took over this whole thing that they wanted to make Twitter the WeChat equivalent here in the Western world, right? Where we're able to do buy and sell. We're able to go to Starbucks and purchase something, but also tweet or talk to someone in a private message. And so this might be like an extension of that, but it does seem like a huge loss, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what, what I say here. Xer, I'm, I'm Xing. I, it just doesn't really make sense. Crossing? So that would crossing. be a good one. My crossing? Yeah. Can, I read my, lame. can I read yeah. my nerdy oh. joke I made? Because I, I did, took a, like 10 math classes. Oh my God, I'm so scared. Twitter will be rebranding to X and now all my tweets will be known as variables. <laughs> That's so a good one, good. Wendy. Yeah, everyone so should go good. like that right now. I retweeted right it. No, she just retweeted like herself. Yeah, she I'm did. I'm like did. right now. Um, I need to just clarify what I was saying. I know Linda makes announcements as well. It just seems like we hear from Linda after we hear from Elon. So, of course, Twitter's new CEO did release a Twitter thread on this, sharing her opinions and why this is aligned with the vision for Twitter. But I think we should talk about the tokens that kind of popped up on the back of this. And I don't know, it, like tokens are so easy to spin up and they are, they're spun up on the back of all of this news. And I just want to say I'm yet to see a Barbie token. I'm sure one exists, but Ooh. please let me know because I would I'm love sure it. there is a Barbie token. I'm there's sure be there. there's a Barbie token. There's got to be one. But Wendy, I have a question for you as a trader, as someone who follows all of this. Do you ever get in to like make a quick trade on these tokens that are spun up out of nothing on the back of some random news or do you just steer clear of it? So I, I may or may not participate in that. And if I do, I keep those to myself because I feel that that is the responsible thing to do as a content creator, because by the time my audience would hear about it or be able to participate, um, it would probably be too late. So um, I may or may not be um, getting in and being a little bit of a degen here or there. This is not financial advice. Responsible. Responsible Wendy O. That's what we should change our name to from crypto Wendy O mm. to responsible Wendy O. Responsible. It doesn't quite have the ring to it, but I'm maybe. just not, you know, I'm not, I'm saying things that are not quite hitting, <laughs> but maybe it's a kicking off point. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's, let's go to Binance then, guys. Let's go talk about something else. Binance is denying allegations around wash trading that the SEC is alleging at the moment. Going back to 2019, Binance was booting up, was smaller crypto exchange that took off quite quickly during the bear market after the 2017-2018 bull market. Uh, it popped pretty quickly with a lot of the key talent coming from different exchanges at the time and forming Binance. Did it. a token launch, quickly brought on a lot of the international volume for trading crypto. And now the SEC is looking back through the text and catalogs of executives and former executives in Binance and saying, hey, that might be wash trading. A new report also shows that a significant amount of crypto trading is wash trading industry. Just for reference, wash trading refers to someone trading the same amount of token allocations over and over again to give fake volume on an exchange. Now, I want to give this one to Wendy. Quick thought on it really quickly here, however, is that this is a pretty common practice for a lot of exchanges that are bootstrapping and then they normally get rid of it as these industries mature. So I'm not really taken back by this headline at all. It seems to be like a pretty simple thing in the industry we've seen time and time again. But what's your take? Yeah, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. This happens all of the time. It happens in traditional finance. It happens with market makers. Like People are always constantly injecting liquidity, removing liquidity, all of that stuff. So I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of a standard practice. But in crypto, it's kind of frowned upon, which I can understand. But at the same time, I mean, where are you going to get your liquidity from if you're not doing different things and 
I don't know. I, I don't even know what the laws and regulations are about it. But at the same time, it might not even have been Binance US doing this. It could have been someone with um, quite a bit of liquidity coming in and out of the market. And that's something you can't control necessarily. So I don't know. It's kind of part of the game. It's kind of part something that, you know, people should be indicating in their trading or investing journals when they're entering into trades or exiting and looking at order books and doing their best to figure out what's going on. So I, and again, one of the things that probably bothers me the most about all of the Binance stories, whether it's Binance US or Binance, is their consistent hit pieces. And I just feel that it's, it's kind of bizarre considering we didn't see any hit pieces on FTX or any of the other really terrible players in the space. Again, I'm not saying that Binance did everything perfectly. I'm just kind of comparing the two together. And I always think that that's very interesting that um, FTX like literally stole like $10 billion or $7 billion, whatever the heck they stole. And people are not as obsessed with them as they are with Binance and Binance US. Like Binance US could literally spill a cup of milk and you'd have Wall Street Journal all over it, like calling CZ a scammer. Binance and Binance US have just been really. Under the gun. Under the gun lately. Thank you, Will. I was about to say another really mediocre thing that wasn't going to hit it and you (laughs) saved me. I do want to read a response from uh, Binance US in the article. They said, we strongly believe that the SEC's allegations regarding wash trading are entirely unfounded and based on a fundamental misunderstanding of the facts and a misapplication of the relevant law. It feels like though right now, regulators are just looking at all of the information they've been compiling over the years. And it's just, it just feels like, like an interesting time for it all to be coming out. Like we're looking at messages from, I think, 2019, 2020, 2021. And these are the messages that are being referenced in the Wall Street Journal and being referenced by the SEC. And I think it's interesting that it's all kind of coming out at once. Will? Yeah, I got some thoughts here really quickly. We got a minute left. One thing I want to go back to is what I was talking about earlier with the wash trading allegation. So again, this is a pretty common practice in early trading with a lot of companies. I was actually talking last week with someone who works on option derivatives and for Bitcoin mining. And they were previously at a big Chicago-based firm in traditional finance. And they were sort of talking about like, this makes sense to them. Like when you're bootstrapping a company, like you don't have anyone trading on your platform. So you do bring in market makers to trade for you. Now, the wash trading is a little bit separate, right? Where you're just kind of trading tokens over and over again to like bring in volume. But I think it does serve some sort of purpose. Now, they're comparing this to traditional sector, which did have wash trading once upon a time when that sector was also starting, right? Because you want to show some sort of volume so people can jump into trading. It's not great, however, because it does hurt like price manipulation and it does hurt like the industry in general. I think that this is something that's going to get washed out, no pun intended, over time, right? This is not going to be a thing in the next few years. And I think Binance, to its credit, has like moved away from this. And there's more professionalization, the less you get of this. So they also mentioned Coinbase in here, zero wash trading was detected using whatever systems they're using. And that's because it's not only a public company, but they've gone through every regulation in the book in order to get to the point there are. So as more regulation comes in and more sophistication comes in, I think this headline becomes less of an issue. Jenna, I'll give it to you to close out. All right, let's leave it there. That was a great Monday show, guys. It's so nice to see your faces again. I'm Jen Sinassi. That's Wendy O in the middle there. Will Foxley on the far end. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Same place, same time. We'll see you later. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. 
Thanks for listening. 